0: This is a Discovery Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we invite you to find yourself in the bigger story. To find out more about what's going on in the life of the church, head to discoverychurch.com.au. Awesome. It's May the 1st today. How awesome is that? Weather's getting a little bit colder. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, pinch punch, first day of the month. Slip slap, you can't do it back. All right. The reason why I say that is because at five thirty this morning, my wife gave me a pinch and punch. First day of the month, and it kind of freaked me out. It was in the dark as well, so I didn't know what was going on. If you have got your Bibles with you this morning, I'd love to be able to open up the Word of God. As Beck said, I have um, such a high respect for the Word of God as this church does. And uh, what I really encourage you guys to do this morning is just to kind of forget about me a little bit and just to tune your ears into what you feel like God is saying to you this morning because that's where the bread of life is. That's what's going to ignite your spirit. That's what's going to fulfill your soul. That's what's going to give you a prosperity of soul and make you come alive. Amen? Amen. So if you've got your Bibles, open up to 1 John. 2.26, and we'll pre- you'll be preaching out of 1 John, uh, chapter 2, 26, and it says this. I'll give you three more seconds to get there if you need to. If you don't know where 1 John is, it's about here in your Bible. So, All right. It says, I'll write these things to, you, uh, things to you about those who are trying to deceive you, and I just want to also welcome those who are online as well. We love having you as part of our church family, and I hope you feel like you're feeling welcomed this morning as well and part of our church community. So John, he says, I'll write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true, and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. If you want to make a a heading for the sermon this morning, you can say this heading if you'd like, The Classroom of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you this morning about the Holy Spirit being your teacher. Now, instead of um, Alexander the Great, um, I I like a little bit of history. I'm not a history buff, but I like a little bit of history. But it said that while he was very young, his father paid Aristotle to come and be his tutor. And so while he was growing up and effectively conquering the world, this guy pretty much conquered the known world by the age of 33. He had a real-life genius, a brilliant man. Some people, I mean, the most brilliant mind in antiquity. Some people say one of the most brilliant minds in the whole history of the world. Come and abide in him in his house to teach him things like history, literature, philosophy, how to view the world, how to view relationships. And I always wondered, I don't know, I don't know if you guys think this well, how cool would it be to like wake up one morning and just at your dinner table, or someone's having breakfast and... It's just like genius. And you can come to him and ask him any question that you could possibly think of. And he would teach you intimately, in detail, about the very things that you're inquiring of. In fact, he could, he could customise lessons for you so that you could live your life and succeed in the things that you're called to do, to extend his kingdom. That's what, that's what Alexander the Great had. And, and he had Aristotle come to him and teach him about things so that he could extend his kingdom. Well, this morning I want to propose to you that you have one inside you who has agreed to abide with you 24 7 that is the greatest genius the world has ever known the Holy Spirit. And he's not complaining living with you. Isn't that good news? He's your roommate. You know, when John was talking to these guys, just to give you a little little bit of context of one John, when he was talking to these guys, this church, he was an elderly man. He was actually about to pass away. He would have been around somewhere around 95, 100 years old. And up until this point, John was a person that taught all things to these guys, to this church, to this church. Things about the truth of Jesus, things about their doctrine, things about life. And and there was actually in this church as well this thing called Gnosticism, which was a deception, an error in doctrine. And John was warning these guys, saying, don't be deceived by the doctrine of Gnosticism that's ripping through the church at the moment, because it's going to take you away from Jesus Christ. Now, if if you're the audience of this, people, there's a question in your mind, and the question is this. What's going to happen to us when John goes? Who's going to teach us? Who's going to tell us the the things that are lies, the things that are fake, the things that are true? Who's going to protect us from deception? Who's going to teach us how to love our wives? Who's going to teach us how to love our brothers? Who's going to teach us how how to live a life of love? John's about to die, and John says this. Focus your attention to the Holy Spirit that is inside you. He draws your attention not to great teachers, he, does, he draws your attention not to great classes, as, as good as these things are, he focuses his attention to the Holy Spirit. And do you wanna know why I think John had the power to do that and the wisdom to do that? Because that's exactly what Jesus did to him a few decades earlier. In John 15, it shows that Jesus had been walking with his disciples, and up until that point, Jesus was their teacher the 24-7 live-in resident, the genius who knew absolutely everything. He taught the disciples absolutely everything about the kingdom and how to walk and how to perceive life. And it came to a point where his ministry had finished and he's looking at his disciples and his disciples are sad and Jesus recognizes that. He says, you are sad because you know I'm about to go. And John's standing there as one of the 12 disciples looking at Jesus. His heart been torn in two because this is the one that laid on Jesus' chest, he knew he could hear the heartbeat of Jesus had such an intimate relationship with him, John says about himself that he was his favourite disciple humility <laughs> so John's standing there and Jesus is saying I'm about to leave, I'm about to go and his question would have been well what do we do now? Who's going to teach us? And Jesus says this I will send you a helper, and he will lead you into all truth. Can you say all? It's really interesting when you study that word in the Greek. It means all. <laughs> Not some truth, all truth. In fact, he turns to his disciples and says, It's better that I go, because if I go, then you will receive the Holy Spirit. There's many things I want to teach you now while I'm on earth, but I can't do that. When I go, the Holy Spirit will come and he will teach you. In fact, he says he will lead you into all truth. I, as a teacher in the body of Christ, can only teach you the truth. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can lead you into the very truth that I'm talking about. Does that make sense? The greatest teacher the world has ever known. Aristotle, pales in comparison, has come to abide in you. And this is what John is doing to this church. Saying, I'm about to go. Exactly like Jesus. I'm about to leave, but I want you to turn your attention to him, the anointing, who is in you. Who is the spirit of truth. He will teach you all things. Church, do you reckon that's a word for us today? In the body of Christ, there are teachers as a gift to the church. We honour teachers. I feel like I'm like I'm teaching you, right? So, at this point, I'm a teacher of the body of Christ. But you know what a good teacher does? I'm talking about someone like myself, that was a bit arrogant. Um, <laughs> if you're a good teacher, this is what you should be doing. You should be able. You should be attempting to articulate what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you from Monday to Saturday. And my job is really just try to get you to focus on what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you day in, day out. Put words, possibly, to what he's trying to give you revelation of, epiphanies of, illumination of. This is what a teacher in the body of Christ does. And we honor teachers, and, and obviously the teachers in the body of Christ are a grace of God, but your main teacher in this covenant is the Holy Spirit. And his ability to teach you is unlike anyone else. Does that mean you don't listen to teachers? Obviously, you listen to teachers, but this is what you do. This is what I'd like you guys to do when you go home today. Hey, that Fijian Indian guy, he's pretty good looking, Lord. This is how I think the conversation is going to go. Can you, Holy Spirit, teach me what he was saying? Can you, Holy Spirit, teach me, give illumination, give insight, give wisdom? How do I apply what he's saying, Lord? And the Holy Spirit will start getting to work because this is his job in this covenant. You guys with me? So I want to add one John then, try to pinpoint what's the favorite topic of the Holy Spirit. And if you say Jesus, you're right. It's Jesus, number seven, heaven. That's the right answers in church. His number one topic, as the Apostle John says it, is love. The Holy Spirit's number one topic to teach you is how to live a life that abides in God's love. And he does this in two ways. He teaches you how to love people and he teaches you how to love God. So I want to spend a little bit of time now just to break down what those two things actually mean. What does it mean to love people and love God? How many people in church have heard you've got to love God and love people? All right? How many people in church are really awesome at doing that? No hands. A humble bunch. It's awesome. The Holy Spirit's teaching everything that he will teach you, every revelation that he gives you, Every insight that he gives you, every every piece of knowledge that he gives you will always be underpinned by these two things. How to love people like Christ loved the church and how to love God. You see, Mark says in his um, podcast, This Cultural Moment, brings up a pretty interesting point. He says that we're in a war of ideologies at the moment. And one of the things that you're going to hear when it comes to loving people is that every single person almost has a definition of what love actually is. Love may be, that, uh, love may be what you find in the rom-coms. Look, I've tried to watch Sweet Home Alabama five times. <laughs> is love what we see in Pride and Prejudice? Yes, I hear. Is love what we find in the storybooks? Is love that you've got to believe everything that I say, otherwise you don't love me? Is love that sitting down with a person saying, everything's okay, mate, you're okay, you're fine, everything's cool, that's love. Is love that you, you can't challenge me? This is what John says. By this, we know love that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. The world doesn't define what love is. Jesus defines what love is. Let me give you an example. If you were to throw me in front of a crowd, strip my clothes off, pull the beard out of my face, punch me in the face, spit in my face, put a crown of thorns on me, put a robe around me and mock me, if you were to betray me when I needed you the most, whip me, kick me, publicly humiliate me, if you were to drive nails through my hands as God who deserves your respect but is not getting respect from you, or jeering, mocking, why don't you take yourself down from the cross? I would still lay my life down for you. That's the definition of love. It's not that, John says it here as well, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. What the Holy Spirit wants to give you is a revelation of Jesus Christ kind of love, the love that is forgiving. At that point when he was on the cross, he said to the Father, this is the point where he was fully betrayed, stripped completely naked. This is our God, by the way. Mocked at, spat at, beaten, crown of thorns, blindfolded him. And he said to the father while he was there, Forgive them, Lord, for they do not know what they're doing. This is the type of love the Holy Spirit wants to teach you. It's a type of love that's full of forgiveness, full of grace, and full of mercy. And you might be sitting there this morning going, Well, I don't have the ability to do that. I know. Neither do I. This is the sole purpose the Holy Spirit came to you to teach you that. You see, the power to love people is not that we look at ourselves and go, What is love? What can we muster? Has anyone ever tried to do this? Like, every time I I say to myself, I'm going to just, you know what? I'm going to love that person. And they do something so silly that makes me want to not love them at all. And then I end up saying something that I didn't mean in the first place. And then I look at myself and I'm like, well, there you go, I just can't do it. The key to love, the key to loving people is not by mustering up energy within yourself to love another person. That's not the key to love. The key to love is allowing the Holy Spirit to give you a revelation of how Jesus Christ loves you personally. Not loves other people, loves you personally. And when you start getting the, almost like the curtain lifted on how much Jesus Christ actually loved you, how much he's done for you on the cross, and your soul starts to get affected, it's like your cup starts to become full. And what starts to happen is you start feeling the forgiveness. You start feeling the kindness. You start feeling the mercy, and it starts to overflow in the relationships that are around you. That's how to love. You cannot muster it up yourself. The Holy Spirit has, been, has come to you to teach you and give you revelation of Jesus Christ and what he's done on the cross so that you may love him. This is what Jesus Christ says. This is the new commandment, that we love each other as I have loved you. You guys with me? The second thing is this. Loving God. Now Jesus says something interesting in John 15. He says this, Love others on a horizontal realm as I have loved you. Sacrificial, forgiveness, mercy. Show kindness to each other. There may be people right now that God is speaking to you that you just need to forgive. It will set you free, by the way. Your unforgiveness is not hurting them, it's hurting you. It's keeping you bound up. He wants you to forgive them. And again, like I said, the power is to know that Jesus Christ forgiveness for you. But then Jesus goes on to say something interest, interesting. He says, if you were to love me, obey my commandments. For the longest time, I was trying to figure out <clears throat> what that actually means. Like, for me, my, the way my mind works, it's kind of like, oh, it sounds a little bit legalistic, you know? Why can't I just shower affection on you, Lord? You know, obviously we can show love to God by worship, But why is it that I have to obey your commandments to show you love? The reality is, I can't love God like he loved me. What's God ever done that I should forgive him? What's God ever done that I should give him mercy? What has God ever done in my life that I should show him grace? And so the Lord said to me, If you really want to show my love, if you really want to show that you love me, obey my commandments. Obey my instructions. Because we can come here on Sundays and we can hold our hands up high and we can say how much we love God. But the rubber hits the road when we make a determination to say, God has done so much for me, I'm going to obey his commandments. And I know what's happening here. In your soul, you're like, obey his commandments. They're so hard. It's so hard to actually obey God's commandments. That's a lie. It's actually hard to obey your own commandments, your own instructions. Look what John says here in chapter 5, verse 3. He says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. It is the lie from the enemy that following God's instructions, following his way that Jesus sets out from the start of Matthew to the end of John, and then according to the epistles as well, that following these things are burdensome. This is what Jesus says about his own commandments. Are you weary? Are you tired? Come to me, learn of me, and I will finally give you rest. Do you know what makes you weary and tired? Following your own way. That's what makes you weary and tired. And there's a a massive lie that the enemy tries to put in the church that following God will will make you feel heavy. It's like a boulder. Jesus says this. He says this to the Pharisees. Your teachings are like putting boulders on people's backs and you don't lift one finger to help them. That's not Jesus. Jesus takes that boulder off you, shows you a way to live that is easy and light. My yoke is easy and light. It's full of freedom. You see, the reason why I'm saying this, and the reason why I want to, my whole heart, turn you to the Holy Spirit that's inside you so that he can teach you God's commandments is this. Many of us come to church for a long time. And we know that we've received Jesus Christ. If you haven't received Jesus Christ this morning to come and abide with you, there's an invitation for you. But many of us have received Jesus Christ. And we come to a position in our life where we're, he abides in us, but we don't feel him at all. It feels like he's far away. It feels like he's so distant. It's like I used to, I used to be able to have this relationship with God where I can actually just kind of sense him, but now I can't sense him at all. There's two answers to that question. Firstly, he's never left you. He's never forsaken you, no matter how dark your life is at the moment. He's never left or forsaken you. He abides in you. But the, answer, the other answer to this question is this. His commandments are like a path that are full of light, full of freedom, full of truth. And although he abides in us, we've chosen to go our own way. And the Lord is not going to come to your path. What he's doing is he's waiting for you. That moment when you deviated from him, he's waiting for you right here and he's asking you, will you come on my path and abide in my love? God loves you when you're on your own path, but the way that we abide in him... Now, he abides in us, right, through the Holy Spirit. But how do we abide in him? By following his commandments and walking in his way. And when you abide in his love, there are so many beautiful things Your life just becomes... How do I say this? Your internal life has a sense of eternity in it. It doesn't mean your life's going to be awesome, but you will be full of light, no matter how dark things are. I'd love to say that following Jesus' commandments, following the Holy Spirit, everything is going to go well with you. Hopefully... But I tell you that you will receive real life in your soul when you follow him. It says here that when we follow God and his commandments, we walk in light. There's so many of us here who are trying to figure out our problems, and you have so much darkness in your life, even though you belong to Jesus. It's kind of like you're fixing your problems, you're fumbling around in the dark, and the more you try to fix your problems, the more confused that you get. It's kind of like you're fumbling in the dark and you're being hurt. You're not too sure what it actually is. It's like this I lose my wallet all the time. It's the worst, right? And let's say I lost my wallet in my bedroom and it was dark. And I'm fumbling around trying to find my wallet. And my wife comes in and says, What are you doing? I'm, like, I'm trying to find my wallet. She says, Why don't you turn the light switch on? It's a brilliant idea. John says here, when we walk with God, in his commandments, we walk in light. Some of us have been spending years trying to fumble around in the darkness when you really just need to turn the light switch on. To come to him, to ask the Holy Spirit, what does it mean to walk in your commandments and to have a life that's full of light? And when there's light in your life, you'll see things as they actually are. God does not want darkness for you. He is light. There is no shadow of turning in him whatsoever. The Holy Spirit is calling out to you and saying, will you allow me to teach you to walk in light? His commands are not burdensome. Now remember, this is how we show love to God, by walking in his commandments. The last thing I want to say, and we'll get the band to come up as well. The last thing I want to say is this. When you walk in Jesus' truth and you abide in his word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He is inviting you to live a life of total freedom. His commands, the Holy Spirit's instructions, the things that we have in the Gospels, the things that Jesus has laid out for us are not burdensome. They will actually lift you as you start walking into them. And that will give you total and absolute freedom in your life. Don't let anyone else tell you anything else. The Holy Spirit is in you this morning. And I, I want to say this, just like John said this in his book. The reason he wrote these things is so that your joy may be complete. The reason why I'm telling you this morning is not to make you feel bad or feel angry or feel lost or feel heavy... I'm saying this because there is such a thing as complete joy in Christianity. This is God's will for you, the fullness of joy. A joy that will keep you going when everything else is falling apart around you. A joy that will keep you going when your relationships are breaking down. The joy that will keep you going when your business is failing. A joy that will keep you going when your health is falling. An absolute fullness of joy, a soul prosperity. This is God's will for you and this is why the Holy Spirit wants to teach you and walk with you in. The church, it's been an absolute pleasure to be able to speak to you this morning. And I don't care if you know who my name is or or remember anything, but just remember this one thing. The Holy Spirit is in you. He is your teacher. He is for you. He wants liberty for you. Will you turn to him? Thanks for joining us on this Discovery Church podcast. Now go and find yourself in the bigger story.